Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about hormonal axis physiology. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash endocrinology slash physiology or in the endocrinology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. The hypothalamus sits above the pituitary gland and stimulates it with various hormones. The pituitary gland comprises of an anterior and a posterior section that release separate hormones. The anterior pituitary gland releases thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH, adrenocorticotropic hormone or ACTH, follicle-stimulating hormone or FSH and luteinizing hormone LH, growth hormone or GH and prolactin. The posterior pituitary releases oxytocin and antidiuretic hormone or ADH. The thyroid axis. The hypothalamus releases thyrotrophin releasing hormone or TRH and this stimulates the anterior pituitary gland to release thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH. The thyroid stimulating hormone in turn stimulates the thyroid gland to release triiodothyronine or T3 and thyroxine which is T4. T3 and T4 are sensed by the hypothalamus and the anterior pituitary gland and they suppress the release of TRH and TSH. This results in lower amounts of T3 and T4 being produced by the thyroid gland. The lower levels of T3 and T4 offer less suppression to the TRH and the TSH and so more of these hormones are released, resulting in a rise in T3 and T4. In this way, the level of thyroid hormone is closely regulated to keep it within normal limits, and this is called negative feedback. The adrenal axis. Cortisol is secreted by two adrenal glands, which sit above each kidney. The release of cortisol is controlled by the hypothalamus. Cortisol is released in pulses, and in response to a stressful stimulus, so it's a stress hormone. It has diurnal variation, which basically means that it's high and low at different times during the day. Typically cortisol peaks early in the morning, triggering us to wake up and get going, and it's at its lowest late in the evening, prompting us to relax and fall asleep. The hypothalamus releases corticotrophin-releasing hormone, or CRH, and this stimulates the anterior pituitary to release adrenocorticotrophic hormone or ACTH and this in turn stimulates the adrenal gland to release cortisol. The adrenal axis is also controlled by negative feedback. Cortisol is sensed by the hypothalamus and the anterior pituitary and it suppresses the release of CRH and ACTH and this results in lower amounts of cortisol being secreted. In this way, cortisol is closely regulated to keep it in its normal limits. Cortisol has several actions in the body. It inhibits the immune system. It inhibits bone formation. It raises blood glucose levels. It increases metabolism. And it increases alertness. The best way to think of cortisol is as a stress hormone that helps the body to cope with stressful situations. Growth hormone axis. Growth hormone-releasing hormone, or GHRH, is released by the hypothalamus. 
This stimulates growth hormone or GH release from the anterior pituitary. Growth hormone stimulates the release of insulin-like growth factor 1 or IGF-1 from the liver. Through this mechanism, growth hormone works directly and indirectly on almost all cells of the body and has many functions. Most importantly, growth hormone stimulates muscle growth, increases bone density and strength, stimulates cell regeneration and reproduction, and stimulates growth of the internal organs. The parathyroid axis. Parathyroid hormone, or PTH, is released from the four parathyroid glands, which is situated in four corners of the thyroid gland, and it's released in response to low serum calcium. It's also released in response to low magnesium and high serum phosphate. The role of parathyroid hormone is to increase the serum calcium concentration. Parathyroid hormone increases the activity and the number of osteoclasts in bone, and this causes increased reabsorption of calcium from the bone into the blood, therefore increasing the calcium concentration. Parathyroid hormone also stimulates an increase in calcium reabsorption in the kidneys, meaning that less calcium is excreted in the urine. Additionally, it stimulates the kidneys to convert vitamin D3 into calcitriol, which is the active form of vitamin D that promotes calcium absorption from food in the small intestine. So these three effects of parathyroid hormone, which are to increase calcium absorption from bone, increase calcium reabsorption in the kidneys, and also increase calcium absorption in the small intestine, all help to raise the level of serum calcium in the blood. When serum calcium is high, this suppresses the release of parathyroid hormone via negative feedback and helps to reduce the serum calcium level. The renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Renin is a hormone secreted by the juxtaglomerular cells that sit in the afferent, and some in the efferent, arterioles in the kidney. They sense the blood pressure in these vessels and they secrete more renin in response to low blood pressure and secrete less renin in response to high blood pressure sensed in these arterioles in the kidney. Renin is an enzyme that acts to convert angiotensinogen, which is released by the liver, into angiotensin 1. Angiotensin 1 converts to angiotensin 2 in the lungs with the help of an enzyme called angiotensin converting enzyme or ACE. Then angiotensin 2 acts on blood vessels to cause vasoconstriction and this results in an increase in blood pressure. Angiotensin 2 also stimulates the release of aldosterone from the adrenal glands. Aldosterone is a mineralocorticoid steroid hormone and it acts on the nephrons in the kidneys to increase sodium reabsorption from the distal tubule increase potassium secretion from the distal tubule and increase hydrogen secretion from the collecting ducts. When sodium is reabsorbed in the kidneys, water follows it by osmosis and this leads to an increase in the intravascular volume and subsequently an increase in the blood pressure. So in this way, the juxtaglomerular cells in the afferent arteriole on the kidney sense a low blood pressure, causing renin to be released and ultimately resulting in an increase in the blood pressure. Thanks for listening to this episode on hormonal axis physiology. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. 
If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. You can also find a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book, where I cover all of the key topics you need for your pediatrics exams. You can also find a full audiobook version of the Zero to Finals Medicine book available on Audible, so you can take all the topics with you wherever you go and listen from cover to cover or to individual chapters or topics. You can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune into the next episode where we'll talk about Cushing Syndrome.